Sagala Sauli de Sate Gede, Nuriba Muruseko Moyo no Buddhi. City boy, beat the speed. DJ. Amena, Amena Minati. Why your girl? Why you do me dirty? Amena, Amena Minati. Kusoyamo Kwanon, you miss a majani. Amena, Amena Minati. Amegala, why you do me dirty? Amena, Amena Minati. Kusoyamo Kwanon, you miss a majani. On Tomezavi sang it, Monday to Sunday. On Sabazam Wang and Krabaka Jenge. Polinda Wenzi, cause I'm not a baby. Ooh, what a mistake, Gala Mekde. Amena, Amena Minati, why you girl, why you do me dirty? Amena, Amena Minati, Kuso Yamukwanon, you miss a majani. Amena, Amena Minati, Amegala, why you do me dirty? Amena, Amena Minati, Kuso Yamukwanon, you miss a majani. Hi everyone and welcome to yet another Straight Out of Africa show from the SB Campus Radio. We are a show run by African students at the Ben Gurion University of the Negev's Stabukia campus in Israel. I'm your host Francisco from Kenya and in the studio today we have our co-hosts Chidi from Nigeria and Nathan from Ghana and our guest today is Shaha Vanu from Israel. Welcome to the show. Amina Minati, Kusoyamo Kwanon, you miss a majani. Amina, Amina Minati, Amegala, why you do me dirty? Amina, Amina Minati, Kusoyamo Kwanon, you miss a majani. Well, today's show is related to development projects in Africa, where we'll hear from our studio guests from their diverse experiences in various African countries. What are the best steps to make this project sustainable? What's the impact of development agencies, NGOs, and the government when it comes to the development of our communities? The show today will also feature music from around the continent, like Amina from Uganda, as you're hearing right now. And then it will also profile the country of the week, Algeria. And of course, we'll give you the latest sports Roundup from the African Cup of Nations. Keep it locked, cause your favorite show straight out of Africa starts now. You want me now? In Jamu America, Homo America, Kuala Molibia, Hebe Libya, Bida Bida Momidia, Momidia, Neba was our Samoka. Why, why, why you do me dirty? Amena, Amena Minati, why you girl? Why you do me dirty? Amena. Amina Minati, Kusoyamo Kwanon, you miss a majani. Amina, Amina Minati, Amegala, why you do me dirty? Amina, Amina Minati, Kusoyamo Kwanon, you miss a majani. Hey, recording, do you get it? Yeah. Great, and that's Amina from Uganda. Thank you guys for your overwhelming support from all the farms across the world, especially from the motherland Africa. Keep it coming. Straight Out of Africa is our Facebook page. And as always, we will be launching new shows. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Um, how has been your week, Nathan? It's been tiring. Tiring. of uh, lab works. Oh. Chidi, what's, what's up? Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not bad, but um, a lot of things. A lot of things yeah. working out for you yeah. or a lot of things not working out for you? A lot of things we are working on, mm-hmm. not working as planned at the moment, but right. uh, we are hopeful. Ah, okay, good. We are happy to have you guys on the show. And of course, today, as I said, we're talking about development and development projects in Africa. Um, maybe I could start with you, Chidi. Are there any sort of experiences from your home country that you can 
let us in on when it comes to development projects, maybe from the communities uh, you've been in or from the cities, places you've visited? Yeah, it's um, community projects with respect to the government. Uh, Initiated Yes, ones. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you find out that um, basically there is always a disconnect mm-hmm. between the government and the communities. Okay. Because the government does not, the government does not know what the community wants. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, so when you have NGOs come, sometimes they cannot pinpoint what the community want. Okay. And also sometimes some of the NGOs, there is no groundwork done correctly. For instance, they don't need to be actually on ground there, but mm-hmm. you can use the local knowledge of the people in the community to find out what are the needs of these people. Mm-hmm. If someone's problem, it's uh, it's uh, it's a market, and you build a water project. Right. You it's, don't meet. You don't meet the. Yeah, you don't meet the, the need. Challenge yeah, you the just needs. ended yeah. up um, either the people massaging their ego, or okay. a politician wanted to use it to make a name, or that the people are using it for PR purposes just to boost their image internationally. Right. Yeah. So right. there has to be a connect between the problems of the people and, and the, the solutions, solutions you bring in. Very interesting points. Nathan, uh, what's been your experience, especially in your home country, Ghana? What have you seen as a community project and uh, how they have either succeeded or in some cases not succeeded? Mostly, uh, I think individuals are doing well mm-hmm. and even the community-based project. But uh, those who are not doing well is because maybe the design of the project was not centered around the people, the local people. Okay. But if most, uh, if you design the project and you f- you factor our resources, mm-hmm. the knowledge of the local people, mm-hmm. it always works. But if you design it from outside and you bring mostly it fails. And uh, developmentally, let me go on to the national level where one thing the government currently is doing is what we call the free SHS. Okay, what would that stand for? The free SHS is in the, everyone goes to high school for free. Okay, so free secondary, free and, secondary, and high school education. Yes, okay, which I think is commendable, mm-hmm. and I think uh, initially there were people who were dropping out of school because of finances. Right. So the government decided to bring this on board, and people in rural areas are all benefiting. We are having challenges with infrastructure, but as time goes on, I think the government is trying to rectify all that. But the focus of the government is to educate the population. And I think it's a very commendable thing. Yeah, but Nathan, I want to put it to you, but most people say when you offer people free things, they don't value them. They, they don't take them as seriously as if they paid something for it. Do you think this is maybe something facing our societies that when they get government uh, projects that are free or that are subsidized, they don't take too much uh, seriousness into making them succeed? You know, in, in, in Ghana or maybe in Africa as a whole, right. one thing we do is to pull ourselves down because if it's coming from one government, the opposition thinks it's a bad idea. Okay, so there's political interference. So there's always this political interference. People in opposition things and they want to lambast or lampoon the idea. But mm-hmm. I think when we let the project run in, in, in for maybe a period of 10 years, you right. realize the benefit of it. And I think in education, Mm -hmm. irrespective, some people are saying it's not free because it's being financed by our taxes. Right. But the 
it's free in a sense your parents are not committing an amount like a tuition fee mm-hmm. so your wards just go to school with their trunks and, and chobos and just right because the government is taking care of the tuition and providing learning materials mm-hmm. but my time we paid but currently people are not paying i think we should look at the positive aspect although there are challenges mm-hmm. but how free this we are financing it through our taxes our taxes right but i think uh, in africa it takes a lot for a government to commit huge amount of money to say i'm going to use it for a project it's better that way than them taking it outside the country or chidi when you hear the government when you hear the government is committed to provide or to give or what comes into your mind do you think is a project that will succeed or do you think oh my goodness that's the point where the rain starts beating us as i think chinua said <laughs> uh, you have to recognize that uh, the government is not an isolation of uh, a person outside the ecosystem yes it is the people you understand so when you say the government it's with respect to the particular people at that point in time mm-hmm. what their motive is you understand so of course there are leaders that come and they have genuine genuine interest to make the lives of the people better right you understand just like uh, Nathan said it's not everybody in government that is bad there's not mm-hmm. every african politician that are bad there are some people with genuine intentions but sometimes you see this issue of pulling down yeah. you know when you see something that is good yeah irrespective of your party affiliations or yeah. your ideologies you should support it you understand but people want to make an impression i told you they are going to fail you know so they make sure that, <laughs> you understand that it doesn't work yeah, yeah they make sure it doesn't work so that they can tell you i said it you know mm-hmm. but the thing is really does these people actually create projects that really want to help the people mm-hmm. most of the times is no i'm not saying all the time Right. You understand? Most of the time it's not because you find out that the people you are building the thing for are right. not involved. Okay, so a, a lot of community involvement it's lacks lacking. in uh, yes. in some of this government um initiated projects. Yes. I think you mentioned something very uh, important when you mentioned about the motivation of either the what Nathan called the opposition members But I want to also, you know, sort of throw this spanner in the works. A lot of governments right now are motivated by elections. And so you would see a flurry of activities towards election time and and so many projects being opened. Uh, I've witnessed at least in my own country that towards elections we have the opening of schools, the opening of cattle dips, the opening of everything until there was a, a joke uh, at some point that you know you just need a politician to know you're opening anything during election time and they'll come opening so you can open your car and you'll find a politician with a ribbon ready to cut you want to open your your house and there'll be a politician rushing with the cameras to cut what do you guys think about the life cycles of these projects because if it's only election periods that denote the start and end of these projects then what you said about the longevity or the long term you know uh, aspects of these projects is under sort of great uh, you know uh, concern you know mm-hmm. i believe we have such problems in africa because most countries don't have a national development plan okay so there's no continuity every government wants to do something for themselves right. and even if the other government starts something and i come in power 
mm. don't want to continue. We have such instances in Ghana because they don't want the people to accredit them, the, those projects to the previous government. Uh-huh. They want to start everything afresh. Okay. And also we have this issue where people want to cut tapes and cut right. sword for right. roles in, 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 but if we have a national agenda, mm-hmm. If no matter who is in power, you come and you continue. I think that is the most key thing which is lacking in Africa. Okay. And also, one thing I've seen over the years is the politicians try to divide us and rule. Okay. So, mostly they try to go on ethnic lines. Uh Because in Ghana, we have some ethnic groups who are much... They are affiliated to the current government mm-hmm. and others also affiliated to the opposition government. Okay. And sometimes when you look at the discourse on social media and in, in, in the general media, right. people try to always lampoon the idea of the, of the, opposite of the side. opposition. There's okay. no way people come to the middle ground and say, this is, we, we should agree. Successful. But right. I think there's a new wave, mm-hmm. which I call the new Africa, because I think now our people are much more educated. Okay. And they are traveling around and they are seeing things for themselves. So I think now there's new crop of people who are coming, who are trying to hold our leaders accountable. And I think if uh, our leaders don't wake up, I think we are going to wake them up. Amazing. And these are very important thoughts, especially for all of you who are listening to us from the motherland are interested in doing a community uh, initiative, whether you're probably starting up a community group or you're starting a welfare group or you're even uh, involved in a government initiated project. Make sure the community is involved. Make sure that you have the needs well assessed before you get in. And as we continue with Straight Out of Africa, here is Kava from South Africa with Omama. Tu 
with Umama talking about the wonderful relationship we have with our moms and how they're always there for us and obviously as we remember Mama Africa we know there are a bit of challenges and there are a bit of things we could always do better and here we are talking about them discussing them and finding out what ways we could you know get ahead and and find solutions so welcome back to the studio today we have Shahavano, who is a student here in Israel at the Albert Katz Institute of Desert Research here at the Ben Gurion University. Shaha also has experience volunteering in Africa, and uh, we just thought today we'd like to hear his thoughts regarding development in Africa since he's been there, and uh, he's experienced firsthand what a lot of us are talking about. Welcome to the studio, Shaha. Thank you very much, Francisco. I'm happy to be here again. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, Shaha, you've been to a couple of countries in, in, in Africa. Maybe tell us a bit about your trips out there and uh, how it has been for you in those setups. Um, okay, first of all, maybe I should mm -hmm. mention there are quite a few guys in the campus that right. went for a for uh, yeah for some uh, a field trip, for, right. for volunteering for work and there's a, a I would say good connection uh, yeah with the sub-saharan african countries hmm. um i did uh, some work in uh, ethiopia okay which was uh, it, it happened before i uh, was a student here right um uh, through organization named engineers without borders that's an ngo that works in <laughs> in a few parts of ethiopia um and the project I was involved was uh, so there was a, a, a school where the, it was like experimental uh, farm. So right. Try to show the state of the art um, uh, agriculture. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't say the state of the art in terms of <laughs> digital means, okay. but there's a simple uh, pipe based irrigation versus okay. a ferro irrigation. Okay. Um, so they try to show, uh, they have a few, we had a few demonstration plots. Mm -hmm. I was only volunteering there for four months. Okay. Um, ben Cohen from the campus was the was one of the guys well, leading right? it. Yeah, I was yeah, very happy to be involved in that. Um, so our project was uh, uh, working with two um, uh, rural farmers. So mm -hmm. using uh, the, the traditional techniques right. of irrigation uh, and, and 
and uh, any other means of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of uh, agriculture. Okay, and this is this is amazing because we know Israel in, in, in itself is actually a world leader when it comes to irrigation and, and with agriculture. But you individually were motivated to go out to Ethiopia because basically you had a few skills that you also wanted to share. And also, as you said, you had a few friends who'd been there. And as you mentioned, I think a lot of Israelis have... Um, a, a volunteering spirit in, in a sense, if I could say, within uh, many African countries and sometimes even other parts of the world. Uh, what was your experience while you were there? What, what did you feel about the locals? What did you feel about the interactions? How would you describe it for someone who's never done uh, volunteership in Africa, for instance? Um, so I would say farmers are farmers anywhere in the world. Okay. They are suspicious and, and they better be when you, <laughs> when you put all your eggs in the beginning of the season and you don't know what's going to happen, right. you better be suspicious. So, uh, yeah, we, we encounter uh, very, uh, reasonable natural questions like, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not it's going to work and uh, not always we had the, qu- the, the, the answers. answers. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Uh, it, there were seeds uh, that were developed here in Israel and were brought over there. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a good success, and eventually we we managed to show that with relatively simple equipment, low right. pressure uh, system, uh, low pressure irrigation system, mm-hmm. uh, managed to get higher yields and uh, eventually more money to the farmer. Amazing! I, I like the fact that you combined an, uh, a financial aspect in terms of uh, there was an income that was gained at the end of this project. Would you say for a lot of uh, the farmers, this made the difference between this and many other projects maybe that they had been involved in? Did they mention this to you maybe perhaps at the end or during the process that you're helping out? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe it's a good spot to elaborate more about what's unique in that uh, specific project that mm-hmm. it's it's still being done uh, uh, in a few uh, yeah. changes, but it's still uh, going on, is the continuation of the of uh, this specific project and mm-hmm. and. As we speak uh, earlier on in the show, it's not obvious. Uh, many projects, uh, at least a few that I've seen, are only starting and right. they, they make uh, some headlines and they, they vanish. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, nothing uh, continuing. And, and this one, they, they always have somebody on field. Mm-hmm. They always have someone uh, uh, with the farmers. Okay. Um, and, and they are closely related to the uh, existing um, agricultural support that they have. So with their local agronomist and with the local uh, Ministry of Agriculture and all that. Okay. <clears throat> so this, this form of support gives the project sustainability. I think in, in other words, that's what you're also trying, trying to share that this project is not a one-off incidents where you just visit the farmers, show them a few technical skills or also new skills that probably they, they, they might not have encountered uh, and then leave, but you actually leave them with support officers and also you bring in a bit more extension officers to, to work with them. Yeah, for sure. Okay. If, the, if you have a follow-up, if we can generalize this as much as we can generalize this with no follow-up, there's no way it will succeed with follow-up and mm-hmm. there are greater chances. Great. And you also happen to have gone to uh, a project that the Ben-Gurion University is also in, involved in in Uganda. So the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev uh, has a rural water development class that uh, conducts an annual field trip in uh, Masindi area in Uganda. <laughs> it's in Western Uganda. And um, there's always a class that heads out there every year. And so Shaha was uh, part of the class last year. And uh, maybe you can tell us a bit more about your experiences, what you did and and uh, what sorts of uh, uh, highlights of this project were experienced? 
Sure. Um, so rural water development is a two semester course. The first one is more um, um, educational, if I can say, sitting yeah. in the class and going over the mm -hmm. theoretical. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, going over some uh, uh, more known uh, problems and, and like get a, get a, some sense of what's going on. Right. Um, in generally in sub-Saharan Africa, I would say. Okay. Not the whole. Um, and it, it's been led by uh, Professor Noam Weisbord, who is now uh, the head of the institute. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's a great course in in a few uh, in a few sentences. Sentences, right? Yeah. And uh, what was your experience once you landed in uh, Masinde in Uganda? Um, so we knew sort of where we're going to with a few aerial pictures and the plans that were made uh, during the semester of what's the idea, where are the water source, what do we want to do. Mm -hmm. What seeds uh, uh, have a higher rate of success over there? Right. Um, so these kind of things. So we have we had an idea, and we brought a few uh, low pressure irrigation system, just okay. like the ones I used in Ethiopia, by the way. Okay. Um, um, yeah. So we, we we joined we teamed up with the, with the school and with the kids in the school, and they were very very uh, exactly. collaborative. It was. Great, great time with them. Yeah. And in 10 days, we had a plot of uh, roughly, uh, what was it? One and a half dunam sort mm -hmm. of thing. So 1,500 square meters um, with a, with a few different uh, vegetables, I want Wow, uh, wow. This, this is amazing. I feel that there was a, a lot of lessons learned in this. Uh, it was a small, brief uh, stint, like 10 days. But I think was while we were talking, you shared that most of the lessons learned were actually by the visiting student and not uh, <laughs> shared to the, the, the community as, as it were. Why would you say this? What was your experience that led you to this conclusion? Um, so going back to what we said that the project needs continuation uh, for if you're doing a, a short term project, the uh, most of the time, the people who are doing it with coming with a good will and they will have for sure a good experience because they, they did something, they feel it's good. And uh, never mind now if it is or it isn't, if it answered the needs or it, or it isn't, that's, that's completely different talk. And, and there's a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, for sure the, the students that are going the, to the courses or most of them, if I can speak in their name, uh, had a great, great time. And we see. I must share one uh, experience. one incredible experience we had. I we found out that every every uh, every day, almost every day after lunchtime, the classes weren't uh, so uh, theoretical or mathematical or, or stuff that you really need to sit and focus. And there were more drama uh -huh. and dancing, and the way you could really see, you know, young kids experience themselves much better than I remember myself experience uh, when I was a kid. Right. Um, so yeah, in that sense, I was, I was shocked how young kids really can, you know, be in the theater now or mm -hmm. really take it all the way. Okay. And this is amazing because now you learn a bit more culture and you uh, I think you're in, equipped with different uh, versatile skills to handle other cultures. Great. So Shaha, it's been great having you in the studio. Before we let you go, are there any other final uh, thoughts or any song you'd like to request and uh, maybe dedicate it to someone, perhaps? Um, yeah, so one, first of all, we fell in love with the Sub-Saharan Africa and we just want to go there over and over again and meeting people, uh, sorry, meeting people from, from different countries in Africa here in campus really makes us uh, go and visit and I hope this uh, close connection will last.
And I know what you mean because you visited Kenya. Exactly. You came over to our home, right? So it's, <laughs> it's a great thing to to actually have these experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if we can, uh, if I can order a song, if I yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I would like to hear Mudu Muktal. This is uh, African blues from uh, Western Africa. Amazing. Thank you so much, Shaha, for introducing us to African blues. And here is Mudu Mukta with Ashet Akal.
that's Mdo Mukta from Niger who says that he just developed a feeling and he just wanted to play the guitar and we have him playing on Straight Out of Africa, an amazing musician who went against all social and religious norms in his country Niger to play secular music. But of course, right here at Straight Out of Africa, we are also very much excited because Afcon. African Cup of Nations tournament has hit its quarterfinals, semifinals, and now we're progressing really fast to the finals. And we have with us right here Nathan. What's up, Nathan? What's happening in the world of sports in Africa? Oh, okay. So, so soon uh, the tournament is coming to an end this week. And uh, tomorrow, we have, uh, Nigeria is playing Tunisia for the third place. And on Friday, yep. we have Senegal versus Algeria. Oh, my dear Nigeria. I think we have a Nigerian in the studio. I don't know why he's so quiet. This was a good team. This was one of the strongest sides Nigeria has ever placed in the African Cup of Nations. What happened, Chidi? What happened? Well, they were defeated by a better team. It's, uh, yeah, that's the game of football. Mm-hmm. It's either you win or you lose. You know, there I, must be a winner. Of course, also Ghana was a shocking disappointment. 39 years and counting. Will you guys ever get to the AFCON finals? We hope so, but uh, I think <laughs> we have to do our homeworks well. But penalties, man, penalties. But, you know, anytime you go on penalties, right. I think it does not favor us, right? From 2010 in the World Cup to do not 2015. Remind, do not remind us of Samoa it's, 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 it's a collective <laughs> heart, a collective pain on African memory. It's always a, a big issue. You know, I was praying we don't go for penalties. So when we went for penalties, I just closed my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun and games until we actually find the big boys on the on on the on the on the continent. And do you know actually the finalists um, were actually Kenya was actually in that group. Oh yeah, Kenya got a whooping, you know, beating by Algeria. And also Senegal didn't spare us. Now we hope to see more from the East Africans. <laughs> so we, we, we feel quite uh, vindicated that we were actually in the group that made it to the final. Uh, so don't try to encourage your failure. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. East Africa needs a chance. But it was, I could tell you for a fact, it was um, a moment of glory, of East African glory, because we had the East African derby of Kenya and Tanzania. And you could almost feel the energy palpable in the in the mm. stadium, of course, when you know Kenyan fans and went head to head with Tanzanian fans, and of course there were all these memes and on social media, there was uh, the Kenyan versus Tanzania hashtag going on. But it was a fun game, and we really enjoyed it. And even though we bundled out in the group stages, we were happy at least we gave a thrashing to our East African neighbors, Tanzania. Maybe you should organize uh, an African athletics competition. To... Oh my goodness. I, I don't know even what we're talking about when it comes to athletics. Kenya and Ethiopia are, uh, you know, the world's best. We agree. You agree? When it comes to football, <laughs> <laughs> Nigeria and Ghana can probably teach us a few harsh lessons, right? <laughs> but uh, watch this. When the Blacksters came to Nairobi, I don't think I don't think the lessons were harsh enough. It was a one nil win. Yeah, it was one nil to Kenya. I think yeah. the game of football you know, on the African continent... Oh my goodness, you guys get philosophical it. when I start talking about facts. Okay, anyway. No, <laughs> I agree with you, but I think Ghana is living on past glories. Okay. And I think the game of football has evolved. Everyone is mm. learning and studying mm. his, his, his other opponent. But right. I think 
if you really want to win, mm. you have to go the extra mile. Nigeria won like uh, I think yeah. Three years ago, right? Yeah, um, 2013. That's uh, six years ago. Okay. And yeah. they had to do a lot. And when you look at the mm-hmm. current Nigerian team, I think they played well. Right. Actually, the game against Algeria was terrible because it was just the last minute. You yeah. Know? And sometimes this yeah. is the game of football. Yeah. Right. But I guess the challenge is also to look at uh, the the upcoming debutants, uh, the Taranga Lions from Senegal and. Uh, the Algerian team. The Algerian team is quite formidable. They haven't actually changed their first eleven for a, a few of these games. If you, if you, they have some quite good players. Yeah, uh, you know, Marez from mm-hmm. Man City, Feguli, who is an old player. The mm-hmm. keeper is good, mm-hmm. but I, this time I want Senegal to win. I wish uh, Senegal wins also because they have a very formidable. Coach. It pains me their defender is not playing. You know, uh-huh. Koulibaly mm-hmm. is uh, on yellow card, so he's not. Uh, he's disqualified for the finals, but. Mm-hmm. I hope money will step up. Well, what I would say is that uh, just like uh, Jose Mourinho would say that right. uh, poets don't win titles. <laughs> 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 so so the better team should win. This is final. We are not coming here to apply cosmetics on the, on the football. But you guys you guys should give uh, I mean, a, a, a few minutes to just you know look at the character of Aliou Sissé, the Senegalese coach, because many African countries are, are really committing to foreign coaches, but this is a Senegalese coach. He had to actually beg the lights of uh, uh, Diouf to actually speak to the football uh, confederation to, in Senegal to let him coach the team. You see, and we were seeing, we're seeing quite great results from him. What, what do you guys think about this coach? Will it be a make or break for him in this finals or it's just actually his, his, his legacy is already complete? I think he's one of the reasons why I want him to win. Mm-hmm. And although you know the Nigerian, uh, the Algerians also have a, a, a local coach. Yeah, coach. I want him to win because he has uh, some track record with the Senegalese team. Mm-hmm. But always it has been an issue on on, on the table. We mm-hmm. always bring foreign coaches, and I think in Africa we do recycling of foreign coaches. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. today a coach is in in Nigeria, tomorrow he's in Ghana, or mm-hmm. the next day he's in Tanzania. But I think we should try and develop our own talents. Right. But I think there's also an issue in, in, in Africa, especially let me use Ghana. We have mm-hmm. top players who are coaches, but mm-hmm. they don't want to coach because in Ghana, football is a passion. Wow. And people cannot take on the criticisms. It's, ah. it's, it's so severe. So for them, it's like, uh, then they leave it and let everyone... And even, and even off the pitch, I think, as you said, football is a passion in Ghana because uh, we remember the expose by Anas. It really did a whole lot of damage. It was really a damn thing. You yeah. know, the football administration had some corrupt deals. Right. Apparently, the, the football head, Kusina mm-hmm. Tachi, had been in power for a very long time and it took Anas to take him out. Mm-hmm. Because the food in Ghana, we have something we call the football people, the people uh-huh. in the football administrations. Mm-hmm. We're always voting for him because they get uh, appointments on uh, right, other. Lo- right. uh, it's a kickback uh, system. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they get positions. You just give them, give me your vote, and I'll give you an appointment on one of the national teams. Mm. So this is, it was very difficult until you pin him down and Anas also came out. Mm. 
Right. But I think we are still uh, recovering from the analysis post day because okay. it really affected us. Definitely. I, I will add something yeah, yeah, concerning the about uh, Africans. Mm-hmm. You remember that in 2013 when Nigeria won the African Cup of Nations, right. it was a Nigerian coach. Mm. And if you also remember that uh, the past two or three years we've had some Nigerian coaches that have coached other African countries. Mm-hmm. It's actually the narrative or the 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 trend is mm-hmm. actually changing. Right. We don't really have much foreign coaches like we had 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You understand? So we've had uh, some African countries that hired people like Samson Kisiasia mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. Nigerian coaches to coach in Africa. So it's gradually changing. Right. If the two coaches that are at the final are, are indigenous, actually, yeah. you understand? So it's showing that. Uh, they can do it they can so do it. it it there is no it's not a guarantee that if you have a foreign coach that you're going to do well it's not uh, in when we were small we say it's not the jersey or the color that plays <laughs> it is the team the team <laughs> yeah, i believe the football associations in across africa should believe in their local coaches amazing and that indeed is actually a good parting shot for the afcon uh, contenders to contenders for the finals and we wish them all the best if it's algeria let's cast our lot to them if it's the taranga lions let's see if they'll roar and be actually the west african champions in this afcon 2019 So that's been our show this week and we end this week uh with our featured country of the week which surprisingly is Algeria located in the northern part of Africa. Algeria is currently Africa's largest country and it's the world's largest Arab country. A regional powerhouse in itself, Algeria has one of the largest defense budgets and its indigenous Berber population make the major ethnic group. Famous for its Mediterranean coastline that's a hit with mostly European tourists, Algeria also hosts the Tassili Niger, a mountainous region that's also called the Plateau of Rivers that's the only natural UNESCO World Heritage Site. This is because it has one of the most important groupings of prehistoric cave art. And so today we sample Algerian music by listening to Babylon whose heartwarming Zina will make the show Algerian indie. Yumarani ma'ak ghadwa tani mtmanni يكتب المكتوب ونكون حداك اه يا قلبي شوف هواك وين رماني فوق بحر صافي بمواج وداني معاه تبع رياح الحب وعندك حطني ودعني وصاني وقلي حبيبك ما تنساه هي زينا ما درتي فينا انا وقلبي حوسنا عليك ما لقيناها يا زينا ما درتي فينا انا وقلبي حوسنا عليك ما لقينا ف 
خضنان وعليا سولتي في غياب القمر بعيونك ضويتي قالولي عليك نجمان يا نجمة ما بنتي وين كنتي هذا شحال قوليلي علاش هربتي قالولي خرجتي في ظلام وعليا سولتي في غياب القمر بعيونك ضويتي قالولي عليك نجمة يا نجمة ما بنتي وين كنتي هذا شحال قوليلي علاش هربتي سينا ما درتي فينا انا وقلبي حوسنا عليك ما لقينا اه يا سينا ما درتي فينا انا وقلبي حوسنا عليك ما لقينا Babylon with Zina from Algeria. And that's it for today's show. Keep it locked to SP Campus Radio, where we always produce the best shows and best content featured for your own pleasure. So that's all for this week from Straight Out of Africa. Remember to follow us on our Facebook page, Straight Out of Africa, and also follow SB Campus Radio, where we are always providing you with hits from the desert. We welcome all our new listeners and urge you to keep it locked to SB Campus Radio for more exciting shows up ahead. So from Asset Studio, it's goodbye and see you next time.